Hey there, all you beautiful seekers of soundness. It's Horace Morris, your bass bassist and band leader, welcoming you once more to the heart of the Merkle Treehouse. Today, as we embark on this journey of introspection, let's dwell upon the profound wisdom of simplicity. Picture this, my friends. It began with a thirst for wisdom that led me across vast lands, facing challenges that shaped my very soul. My journey started amidst the scorching and wind-blown Sahara, where the sun painted the dunes in hues of gold. I navigated the shifting sands, learning the art of survival from nomadic tribes who shared their resilience with me. Into the heart of the Amazon I ventured. The symphony of nature echoed around me as I embraced the teachings of indigenous tribes, understanding the delicate balance between humanity and the wilderness. Scaling the towering Andes, I challenged the altitude, the cold biting into my bones. Yet I found warmth in the hospitality of mountain communities, learning about their strength amidst the harsh peaks. Crossing the unforgiving Gobi, I encountered the resilience of nomads. Their adaptability in the face of adversity taught me invaluable lessons about survival and the ever-changing nature of existence. Before the Himalayas, I immersed myself in Eastern philosophies, delving into meditation and martial arts. I learned to harmonize the mind and body, preparing for the ultimate ascent. Journeying through Bhutan's mystical landscapes, I wandered amidst serene valleys and ancient monasteries. The monks imparted spiritual teachings, guiding me towards a deeper understanding of inner peace and contentment, but there remained an emptiness something I was missing. And there, atop the highest peak of Bhutan, amidst swirling snow, sat the Dragon King himself, His Majesty, the Druk Gyalpo, Jigme Kisar, Namgyal Wangchuk, the fifth and reigning king of the land of the Thunder Dragon. I bowed before this great teacher. Arise, weary traveler, you seek enlightenment, do you not? O wise ruler of Bhutan, I've gained knowledge from many lands, both distant and near, yet I feel a lack, a missing piece in my pursuit of total enlightenment. He narrowed his gaze at me, peering deep into my soul. You don't have enough Bitcoin. In a world filled with complexities and convolutions, it's easy to get lost in the labyrinth of confusion. But what if, my friends, the answers we seek aren't found in the intricacies and elaborate twists, but rather in the pure simplicity that life offers us. Sometimes, the most profound solutions to our dilemmas are the simplest ones. Embracing simplicity isn't about a lack of depth or understanding. Rather, it's about distilling the essence, finding the core amidst the chaos. It's in the simplicity of thought, action, and being where we often discover the most elegant and effective solutions to life's labyrinthine puzzles. Sometimes the most profound solutions to our dilemmas are the simplest ones. Embracing simplicity isn't about a lack of depth or understanding. Rather, it's about distilling the essence, finding the core amidst the chaos. It's in the simplicity of thought, action, and being, where we often discover the most elegant and effective solutions to life's labyrinthine puzzles. Let's tune in to the tranquility of simplicity, 
allowing its gentle wisdom to guide us through the noise and clutter of the world. And now, without further ado, let's welcome the beacon of clarity, that groovy chick who keeps the vibe alive, the incredible, the remarkable, Ms. Audrey Merkel. Hello, lovely listeners. Thank you for joining us at the Merkel Treehouse. We have Chapter 12 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War coming up, but first, a few headlines. Senator Elizabeth Warren's Bipartisan Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act is gaining momentum in the Senate, with an expanded coalition backing the legislation. While it's presented as a measure to curb illicit finance, it's clear this act is more about Warren's crusade against self-custody. A shameful attack on privacy. In a move that surprises absolutely no one, Federal Reserve officials decided this week to keep interest rates unchanged in their last policy decision of 2023. Now, their crystal ball predicts three rate cuts in the coming year. Is it just me, or does this dance feel choreographed to an election year beat? The Fed claims independence, but the timing, oh, the timing. Shitcoiners are finding out that cold storage in their Ledger hardware wallet isn't quite so cold. Ethereum-based apps like Zapper, SushiSwap, Phantom, and Balancer took an unexpected hit in the wake of a Ledger security breach. Ledger claims they've sorted it out, but, let's be real, we've been wary of Ledger's vulnerabilities before. Bottom line, any self-respecting Bitcoiner would not store their Bitcoin on a Ledger device. In fact, any organization that deals with shitcoins at all should be avoided at all costs. Congress has given the nod to a temporary extension of our nation's warrantless surveillance powers, postponing any reform decisions until next year. The Defense Policy Bill, greenlit by the House on Thursday, includes an extension of Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act until mid-April. Let's turn to award-winning journalist and presidential candidate Morton Anger for his insights. Morton, the floor is yours. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow Americans, we're standing at the crossroads of our freedoms, facing the most critical battle for our privacy rights. I'm Morton Anger, and I come before you not just as a presidential candidate, but as a relentless defender of your liberties. Now listen up. The FISA Reform and Reauthorization Act, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, parading under the guise of reform while expanding surveillance into our lives, inch by inch. This is no reform. It's an assault on our fundamental rights, and we must rise against it. Section 504 of this Orwellian bill aims to broaden the scope of who can be coerced into aiding surveillance efforts. Picture this. It's not just the usual suspects, your email or phone providers. Now it's your local coffee shop, library, or hotel. This isn't reform. It's a sinister ploy to turn everyday businesses into the government's surveillance arm. But wait. There's more. This bill's sunset clause sets a dangerous precedent, binding this invasive law for far too long, until 2031. It's an insult to our civil liberties, and worse, it ensures that Section 702 remains in play indefinitely. We can't let this stand. And let me tell you about the double standards. Members of Congress require FBI consent for queries into their communications, while us regular folks? No such protection. It's a slap in the face of equality before the law. Accountability? Transparency? This bill dances around the real oversight we desperately need. It's smoke and mirrors with loopholes wide enough to drive a surveillance van through. Now the so-called prohibition on evidence of a crime-only queries? It's a joke. It's barely ever used. And it wouldn't have stopped past abuses against activists, donors, 
or even members of Congress. The deep state is lawless and out of control. Giving them more powers is folly. But folks, we won't stand for this infringement on our rights. Together we'll fight for true reform, not these half-baked superficial changes. We'll demand real oversight, restore the Fourth Amendment, and safeguard your right to privacy. Friends, join me in this crucial fight. Visit isupportmort.com to learn more about our campaign and join hands in this crusade for our liberties. I'm Morton Anger, and I'm asking for your vote. Good day, and God bless America. Thank you, Morton. Now sit back and enjoy Chapter 12 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War. Chapter 12. The New York Agreement We agree to immediately support the following parallel upgrades to the Bitcoin protocol, which will be deployed simultaneously and based on the original SegWit 2 megabyte proposal. Activate segregated witness at an 80% flagging threshold. Activate a 2 megabyte hard fork within 6 months. We welcome all companies, miners, developers, and users to join us and help prepare Bitcoin for the future. The group of signed companies represents a critical mass of the Bitcoin ecosystem. As of May 25th, this group represents 58 companies located in 22 countries, 83.28% of hashing power, 5.1 billion US dollar monthly on-chain transaction volume, 20.5 million Bitcoin wallets. The New York Agreement May 23, 2017 As the conflict reached a boiling point, a gathering in New York spearheaded by Barry Silbert sought resolution. With key figures like Bitmain's Jihan Wu in attendance, this marked the genesis of the New York Agreement. At its core was a proposal by Bitcoin developer Sergio Lerner. A compromise to implement both SegWit and a hard fork block size increase to 2 megabytes. It was perceived as a middle ground, an attempt to appease different factions within the community. But to the small blockers, SegWit was already a compromise for a block size increase. With the network at an impasse, this agreement presented Jihan Wu an opportunity to navigate the threat of the user-activated soft fork and find a potential way forward. Well, folks, let me lay it out for you. There was this grand accord called the New York Agreement, NYA for short. The NYA had a bunch of heavyweights signing on, Gavin Andreessen, Roger Veer's Bitcoin.com, Jihan Wu's Bitmain, and Brian Armstrong's Coinbase, just to name a few of the 58 signatories. Now, this agreement was a real feather in the cap for the larger blockers. At a time when they seemed on the ropes, this NYA was like a rallying cry. People thought, all right, the block size debate is settled, and this agreement is going to roll out smooth as butter. The larger blockers were back in the saddle, and it felt like a game-changer. But hold your horses, I'm not so sure you could call this an agreement, because the small blockers were nowhere in sight in New York. Their voices weren't even an echo in that agreement. The big shots wrote the whole thing without a peep from the small blocker side. What's interesting is, they didn't give a nod to the idea that users should have a say in how Bitcoin works. Nope, it was more like the big corporations laying down the law from the top, 
If Bitcoin was going to roll like that, it'd throw the whole point of the currency out the window. The NYA crew didn't seem bothered about convincing users. It felt more like a do-it-or-else kind of deal. Quite a scene, I tell ya. In the eyes of many Bitcoin users, the New York Agreement not only challenged the fundamental essence of Bitcoin, but also repeated the mistakes of past attempts like Bitcoin XT, Bitcoin Classic, and Bitcoin Unlimited. Despite stronger industry support, the agreement faced notable opposition from significant industry players. Absentees from the pact included key entities like Bitfinex, Local Bitcoins, Poloniex, Bitmex, and Slush, casting doubt on its comprehensive industry backing. Large blockers were in a quandary. While the New York Agreement encompassed SegWit, a component they weren't entirely fond of, it also promised to oust Bitcoin Core and move forward with a new set of developers. This was a notion that some found alluring. Roger Veer, among those backing the agreement, expressed his discontent, citing the potential removal of Bitcoin Core as a critical factor for his support. However, skepticism lingered within the large blocker camp, with the more extreme factions outright opposing the agreement. Concerns arose regarding the commitment to activate SegWit before the hard fork, amid fears of a potential withdrawal from the agreement after the first step, leaving the second phase in limbo. They weren't far from the truth. I would like to propose an implementation that accomplishes the first part of the Barry Silbert proposal independently from the second. Activate segregated witness at an 80% threshold, signaling at bit 4. The goal here is to minimize chain split risk and network disruption, while maximizing backwards compatibility and still providing for rapid activation of SegWit at the 80% threshold. By activating SegWit immediately and separately from any hard fork we can scale quickly without risking a rushed combined SegWit plus hard fork that would almost certainly cause widespread issues. James Hilliard, Bitcoin Dev Mailing List, May 22, 2017. James Hilliard's Bitcoin improvement proposal, known as BIP-91, emerged as a significant strategy to activate SegWit through a dual soft fork approach. It set the threshold for minor signaling at 80%, aligning with the guidelines outlined in the New York Agreement. The proposal required mandatory signaling for SegWit and introduced a specialized client, SegSignal, an adapted version of Bitcoin Core, supporting BIP-91. This aggressive approach mandated activation if 269 blocks signaled support within 336 block signaling windows, reaching the 80% threshold. Meanwhile, the implementation of the New York Agreement found its software version under the name BTC1, led by Jeff Garzik, a key figure who had proposed a block size increase to Satoshi Nakamoto in Bitcoin's early days. Initially, Garzik hesitated to align BTC1 with BIP91 and activate SegWit, citing reasons that appeared somewhat unclear. On May 29th, a confidential email from BitGo's CEO, Mike Belshi, was leaked, causing a stir within the community. The email outlined a comprehensive plan and detailed timeline for the New York Agreement, catching the attention of many involved in the ongoing Bitcoin discussions. The Bitcoin community was stirring like a stampede, and those closed-door Mike Belshi dealings had him hotter than a rattlesnake in the noonday sun. 
The development and scheming for the New York Agreement were happening behind closed doors in secret, like some kind of underground poker game. Now in the Bitcoin world, things are supposed to be open, like a good old town hall meeting, where everyone gets to throw in their two cents. But not this time. The bigwigs decided to keep it hush-hush because, well, they knew if it was out in the open, those small blockers would be all over it like a pack of hungry wolves. The secret meetings were a way to dodge the scrutiny, but looking back it might have been a misstep. The lack of eyeballs on the game plan seemed to cook up more trouble than it solved. The small blockers found themselves in a tough spot. The influential venture capitalists and corporate entities within the Bitcoin community were set on a block size increase. They presumed that the small blockers had no way out, signaling an imminent end to the war. However, the small blockers were keenly aware that the true challenge lay in activating the New York Agreement. This critical step was where the real battle would unfold. The small blockers viewed the NYA as a potential pathway to activate SegWit. Upon uncovering an incompatibility with SegWit activation in the BTC1 client, they spotted an opportunity to introduce BIP-91. However, convincing Jeff Garzik to adopt it into his BTC-1 client posed a formidable challenge. To make matters worse for the small blockers, a new threat was emerging that would thrust the conflict into overdrive. Bitcoin Cash Looks like things are heating up in the block size war. Tune in on Wednesday for the next chapter. And now, a final thought. Although most Americans don't realize it, the political circus in D.C. continues its assault on our civil liberties. Senator Warren is rallying support for her oppressive Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act. The dreadful FISA Reform and Reauthorization Act is expanding the surveillance state. And to top it off, leaked graphic videos on Friday revealed Senate staffers having anal sex in a Senate hearing room. What the hell? Who are these degenerates who claim to rule us? They are drunk with power, and they've made any sense of decorum on the Hill meaningless. It seems the disgusting cesspool of Washington, D.C. gets more revolting and depraved by the day. Let's hope they are up to date on their monkeypox vaccines in our nation's capital. And with that, episode 81 of the Merkle Treehouse comes to a close. Thanks for joining us. We do appreciate your patronage here at the Merkle Treehouse. Join us next time for the absolute best in Bitcoin mindshare. In the meantime, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's the real Horace Morris and the Merkle Treehouse Band. Um, yeah, kind of nervous here. Sorry, uh, this is uh, Dr. Luther Finch, and uh, if you don't mind, well, you know, spread the you know, word about the Merkel uh, treehouse, and well, I guess, thank you. Mm -hmm.